All right, so the topic is going to be Torah, as I had mentioned. Anybody who uh, is interested in this topic, we also have a shiur of it, Tumah B'Tarah. It's under the Mornibuchim shiurim on the SoundCloud. Um, and it's labeled as Tumah B'Tarah because it wasn't really about Mornibuchim. It was really about Tumah B'Tarah. It was just during the Mornibuchim shiur that we dedicated a shiur to uh, Tumah B'Tarah. Now, um, in, the, uh, in the Rambam's introduction, in that shiur, I believe I also mentioned the, uh, this amazing introduction of Rambam to Tumah B'Tarah. There are two places where the Rambam speaks really at length about Tumah Torah. Three. I mean, because Mishneh Torah, obviously, he brings all the halachot. And, um, but he, uh, he um, in the Hakdama, in his introduction to Masechet Kelim, basically, which is the first Masechet of Sedut Arot, he speaks about the significance of Tumah Torah in terms that you really would never imagine. As I had mentioned to you before, I think I mentioned it in one of the other shiurim, but just to read it from uh, inside, he says, Where is uh, it again? This is in the, the, the introduction to, ta- to Kelim is very long because, uh, because he gives you basically all the rules of Tumah Torah in advance. The, his methodology in a lot of, in a lot of, the, uh, in a lot of the, uh, the Mishnayot is to lay out the Klalim, and then, in each Mishnah, I'll be like, oh, this is like I told you in the Haktamah, this or that, especially when it's complicated. So if you know the Klalim really well, you don't have to be reminded every single time, and it's just an application of something you know. Now he says, he, he says in here, um, I want to tell you, this is so interesting, I find it fascinating, because it's so non-Rambam, from our conception Rambam, is, oh, Rambam didn't think Beit HaVadash was that important, he didn't think Tumah was that important. I want to teach you something that you could make a mistake about. If you have a desire, a real strong desire to know uh, the, the Tumah B'Tarah, you should memorize everything that I've taught here, all the rules I'm telling you here. Until it's like, uh, you memorize it. Okay? You can't just go over it. If you don't know it by heart, it's not going to be enough. You can read it a thousand times. You should know it like the Kriyat Shema. Okay, Vulai, you sub the Chayim Zikonto. What? The two laws and principles of the Tumah B'Tarah. Okay? He says, even the Chachmea Mishnah, the Chachmea Talmud had difficulty with, difficulty with it, and he quotes all these Marot where they had such difficulty, such difficulty, such difficulty. Okay? Um, and he says, but you see that um, uh, when the, in the Navi, so he talks about, he says, in the Gemara of Shabbat, Amru, Kishinichnesu Rabotenu, I'm skipping around because it's so long. In the future, the Torah is going to be lost from Israel. We all know this pasuk, right? Only to hear the Dvar Hashem. Right? And um, it's... Uh, I think it's... No, it's... It, where is it actually? I don't think it's... Uh, Amos. It's Amos, I think he says, right? And this is about Vinau Maim Adyam Umitzafon, etc. etc. He quotes the Pasuk. He says, Atida li Isra Isha Shetitol Kikar Shel Tumah 
ותחזור הבתי כנסיות ובעצמי מדרשות, נדע אם ראשונה היא, אם שנייה. Then in the future a woman will go from בית כנסת לבית כנסת to ask the tumah status of a loaf. או ביארו שם נקודת הספק שלהם. And they explained in the Gemara what is the ספק that she would have, and, and he explained what it is, that we're not going to get distracted by that, okay? But the point was, what does he say? He says, והיה בעיניהם הספק בזה נשתכחה תורה מישראל. They said that was the, having a doubt about Tumah ותערה was called the Torah being forgotten. About Tumah ותערה. ואתה יודע כי היום בעוונותינו שרבו with our great sins, he says, אם חזרת ראשי ישיבות ישראל, כל שכן בתי כנסיות, תמצא שהקשה עליהם בעניין זה הדבר שנאמרו בו מקראות רבים בתורה, they won't even know what's written in the Torah, הוא במשנה. Okay, even the simplest thing they're not going to know. Right? And he says, It's not that surprising, being that we're, you know, that we live in the Galut. He says, but in the Zman HaMikdash, wow. They had this discussion, and in the Navi, it brings the whole story in Chagai, where he questioned the Kohanim about a certain case, and, uh, and they didn't know the answer. Actually, the Gemara asks whether they did know the answer, whether they were right or wrong. It's not even clear whether they were right or wrong. Okay, but there was a whole, there's a whole discussion there. And... Um, Uh, but, but the main point is that you see that that's what the Navi was quizzing the Kohanim on, whether they understood the laws of Tumah v'Tara. And um, I want to skip down to where he makes the next point, because he's explaining what the whole discussion was over there. He, explained, he asks them two questions, and he's explaining what the two sides of the question were. Um, but I don't want to read all of that. Um, That's what they're talking about. When Chagai was told by Hashem to question the Kohanim, he said, ask them Torah. What does Torah mean? What does Torah mean? He didn't ask them Hilchot Shabbat. He didn't ask them Hilchot Kashrut. He said, Adiyun B'Tumah V'Tarah V'Yidiyat Mishpideyen. Tekach Amu'od B'Tumot U'Betarot הן הן גופי תורה, ומדוע לא, ומדוע לא, והן הסולם לרוח הקודש. כמו שאמרו, טהרה מביאה לידי קדושה. So instead of interpreting that like מסילת שרים, that it means personal טהרה leads you to רוח הקודש, he says no, knowledge of the laws of תאומה וטהרה leads you to רוח הקודש. And he says they brought this, כדי שלא יעלה על דעתך שהדיבור בעניינים אלה, כמו הדיבור בסוכה, או לולב, ושבועת שומרים, ושבועת הדיינים. Okay, because you'll think that this is like learning Hilchot Sukkah, Hilchot Ulav, Hilchot Shomrim, you know, things that people learn, the yeshivish things like Shomrim, you know, all these different, you know, Baba Metziah, whatever. You don't think it's like that. He says, and you're going to look at this area and think you understood something. So first of all, so you won't just look at it and think that you understood something from a casual knowledge. And you'll value what you do gain. Don't think that what I'm giving you here is like my, the other story. He says, even though they're very important, all the other story. He says, none of, he says, this area is of a different order of significance. And, I, and, it, and he, he talks about he worked so hard on it and he lost sleep on formulating it and trying to work it out. And to present it, he, and he doesn't want you to think that it's uh, uh, that the value of it 
is even the same as other areas of halacha. Actually, it's even greater than er- other areas of Torah. It's even more significant than that. And, um, and, and I, I'm, I'm skipping so much of it, but because I, I, I don't want to make the introduction and we don't actually get to anything. All right? But, but he, he emphasizes that there is something about Tumab Torah. You should read the whole thing. I, I don't want to uh, spend too much on, on, on the one point. You should read the whole thing when you have time. Um, uh, it would be uh, uh, not the best use of our um, of our, uh, of our, our, our short time to uh, uh, to uh, read every word of this introduction because it's very long. But the point is that he's telling you this isn't even the same as other areas of halacha. He put an extra effort into clarifying this area because it's so fundamental and you might relate to it superficially, think it's the same, but it's not. Okay. Now in the Moran Bochim, skipping to that for a second. So the Rambam basically lays out a general. What I would like to say is there's a general idea of Tumah Batawa. The Rambam lays out in, uh, in, uh, in the Morning Bukhim. And then there are specific Tarot. Okay? The specific reasons for the specific Tarot is more of an interest, I think, that people want to understand. We're going to get to it. Just to give the general outline what the Rambam says. Rambam, okay? Why are we getting to the specifics? No, meaning the categories. <laughs> the Tarot. This, the general idea that Rabbam says is, you should know, the general idea of Tumar B'Tawah is to keep people out of the Beit HaMikdash. A person will have a great difficulty being ready to go into the Beit HaMikdash because if they're Tawar from one thing, they're Tawar from another thing. Or they went, they, they, you know, they touched this, or they went there, or they have a certain bodily condition, or they had marital relations, anything. There's so many different ways you become Tamei. It limits access to the Beit HaMikdash, and the point of the Beit HaMikdash is that it be special, unique, a powerful experience. A person should have Yir'ah from the Mikdash, not just to be able to go all the time, and therefore lots of uh, obstacles were placed in our way to be able to enter. That's the generality of the, tu- of the laws of Tum'ah. He mentions it in Mor Nebuchim, in one another mnemonic, Ma Hashem Elohecha Shoel Meimach, Mem Hei, in the third chilek, which is where he has all the Tamei mitzvot are in the third chilek um, of the of the. Of the uh, well, actually, no, that's not where you talking about the Tumah. It's where he introdu- introduces the beginning of the Beit HaMikdash stuff, is Mehei. And then, and then he continues on with stuff about Tzifar Avodah, about the Korbanot. And then he gets to the Torah, which is in Memzayin, actually, by the time he gets to that. The beginning of the Beit HaMikdash stuff is in Mehei. So, he says, in order to... Uh, All the purpose... Huh? Third chilek, all tamei mitzvot and third chilek. This is mem zayin. Okay, all the purpose of the mikdash was to bring a person to some kind of an inspiration. Okay, shiiru that they'll be afraid of it. Okay, and that they'll honor it as it says umikdashi tira. Yeah. Sorry, where is this? Moran third chilek, forty seventh chapter. Does this mean, like in Yirmiyahu, when the people were abusing the mikdash and during that whole time? They probably weren't keeping tomorrow to well, I don't know. I don't know if they were. All right. What I would say last night was that um, he said a lot of times we learning through Tanakh, we might think that all the Jews were very bad. Right. He said, but that's because they, we, they, they, um, all the Jews are held responsible for what everybody else does. Right. But actually, very, very few percent of the Jews were doing well or bad. So the worst things. The worst things. I remember. Does that seem like the one of my rabbis? One of my rabbis said to me. We used an analogy when I was a kid and said, imagine reading the newspaper every day to find out what people in America are like. All of, every crime, every bad thing. 
You only read about the worst people. That's what makes the news. Somebody does chesed. Uh, they're not going to talk about that. Somebody was uh, nice and, and didn't punch somebody out who cut them off on the, uh, on the street. They're, they're, they're not going to mention it. That's a very good point. Okay? They only mention the bad. It's like our yeah. cousins in Israel. Like, did anyone die in Great Neck from the snowstorms in New York? It was something like, that's fucking, it was in Buffalo. Like, no, one <laughs> no we, you only hear about the bad. Right, only the bad things, yeah. Unfortunately, people did, but that's what you hear about. You don't hear about the heroic, uh, positive things, unless they're really exceptional. You could, but... You would think that it's made up of only extremes. You read the newspaper. Only people are either doing incredibly heroic, self-sacrificing things or the most evil things. You don't really have... If there was B'nai means there was people that were focused this time. There were always some. Why don't we have any safeguards for the Beit HaKnesset? Like, there's nothing. There's no obstacles. The opposite. We want people to come. Yeah. Well, one of the reasons is because the Mikdash... No talking. No talking. No talking. No But who, who, who tried to make that? Who tried to make that? Ezra Asofer. He tried to make Palkeri Asur B'divrei Torah Asur B'vrachot Asur L'Hitpalel Asur L'Kor Kriyat Shema all of those things. That's what he did. The Knesset should have the same... Why did he do that? Why did he do that? He wanted you to realize you think that the Avodah Hashem Avodah Hashem is only uh, in the Beit HaMikdash? No. Wow, Avodah cool. Hashem is Torah, Tefillah. That's a real Avodah Hashem. Wow. That's, more, that's more core Avodah Hashem of the individual. Right? So he said, in order to send that idea, he said, we're going to have a, at least one kind of Tumav, Tumat Keri, which is the most common one, I guess, you know, in a natural marital situation. We're going to make that uh, requirement that you can't mention the name of Hashem or learn Torah or whatever unless you did, went to the mikveh if you're about Keri. That's a way of showing that you should approach this the way you approach the Harabayit, basically. It would have to be as Torah to go on Harabayit to, to, to be able to go to the Bet Knesset, to be able to pray. Okay, so it didn't work because practically it wasn't, it wasn't feasible. So eventually the, the Takana fell out, but that's the idea of it. Yeah. And what was the reason that they said? They said because, in the end, what was the reason to, uh-huh. to be Mivatel uh, that uh, Ben Betera says... <clears throat> as he goes, Rabbi Yehuda ben Betirah said that "Ein divrei Torah mekabelim tumah," because it says, "My word is like fire," says Hashem. Ma esh ena mekabelim tumah ab divrei Torah. Meaning, what? What's the point? That on one hand, you want to emphasize that Torah and Tfilah is really the fundamental avodat Hashem of a person. So you want it to have features that people associate with avodat Hashem, like tumah, Torah, and all that. Because they had just rebuilt the Beit HaMikdash, time of Ezra. People are focusing on that as the Avodat Hashem that they've been waiting for. They're going to lose a sense that Torah and Tfilah is Avodat Hashem. On the other hand, you don't want people to think of Torah and Tfilah as, uh, as physical uh, performances the way that they relate to the Beit HaMikdash. Because really Torah is outside of the realm of the physical. Really Tfilah is outside of the realm. It's metaphysical. And to use... Klalim of Tumah that relate to the physical world could actually, in a way, belittle the great significance of Torah and Tfilah. So, therefore, they, that's totally not a huh? You don't want to, on one hand, you don't want people to underestimate yeah. to what extent Torah and Tfilah really Avodat Hashem. On the other hand, you don't want them to think it's in the same category, that it's, that, that it's about the physical, because the Avodah, the Vedimagash, is all physical stuff and pomp and circumstance and, 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 and ceremony and all that. It's all in the realm of the physical. So that was so. Really, the reason why they were mivatel the takana was because they said that it, people couldn't couldn't handle it because either people never had any kids or people never went to the synagogue and that wasn't good. But but they but the spiritual reason that's, that's quoted. I mean, the positive reason for for canceling a takana was that in divrei meaning we don't want 
Torah to, actually Torah and Tefillah is higher than the, the purpose of the Beit HaMikdash is to bring you to a state of mind where you're going to do Torah and Tefillah you're not supposed to stay in the Beit HaMikdash all the time that's just a jump start so that you actually engage in Torah and Tefillah so it's above it. I want to say a general idea not the specifics but yeah. I'm trying to think Mikvah is like similar right now to like going to the shower let's say right it's the idea that you're fasting from rainwater so basically when we go to purify ourselves we remember from the sky could you, could you bring the sefer to Harav? I'm not trying to talk about dipping the water. Why does it have to be rainwater? What? Like, why does it have to be well, according to the Rambam, uh, Min HaTorah doesn't have to be, actually. It could be what? It's a, according to the Rambam, it's only the Rabbanan. Don't tell anybody. What's the Rabbanan? Having the water. It could be any water? Any collected water, according to the Rambam, it's collected water. It's okay. It's not going to be Shonin. We actually could use Mayim Shuvim. Right there, no. so yeah, right yeah. there What does the Rambam say? Does everybody know? Does everybody know? At one point, it came from the sky. You know <laughs> yeah. 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 Does everybody know the Rambam, the famous yeah. Rambam in Nikvaot? Everybody probably has heard it, right? No. You don't know the Rambam in Nikvaot? I mean, I don't know what you're referring to. only one famous Rambam in Nikvaot. There's none other. Maybe if you say it. Okay. So he says, It's the end of Hilchot Nikvaot. Perkir Aleph Halacha Yudbet. Right, the Familiar? Okay. Okay. And as we, we talked about Chukim already in one of the other shirim. V'chein ha-tvila min ha-tumot mikla la-chukimi. She'ein ha-tumatit o-tso'a. Because it's not clay or excrement. She'tavor b'mayim. It doesn't come up. Tum'aza is a state of the person that's abstract. It's not dirt. Ela gzerata katufi v'hadavar talui v'kavanat alef. It really has to do with the kavanah of the person. U'lefich ha-chamru ha-chamim. Taval v'lo uchzak kilo lo tavak. If a person goes in the, to the tvila for Kodashim at least, and he doesn't have intent, doesn't count. It has to do with Kavana, unlike Nidah, which is different. V'afal pikein, remez yesh badavar. He always says that. First he sets up and says it's all about Kavana, it's all about it. There's remez. Keshem sham mechaven libo letahir. Right, same thing. Just like a person who's mechaven his heart to purify himself, kevan shetavav tihir. Afal pishelo netchadesh bigufo davar. Nothing changed about his body. He just went into the mikveh with the kavanah and he came out. Right? So too, a person who wants to purify himself from the false ideas. Wrong ideas, wrong character. Once he's made a decision to separate himself from those wrong ideas, and he immerses himself in the waters of knowledge, tihir, he purifies himself. So he's saying the cleansing is a cleansing of the mind. But you still have to do it's a symbolic rep- act of going into water. Yeah, always. Yeah, yeah, he's saying it's trying to reflect, it's trying to teach you through the act of, and this is where the minhag of going on Erev Yom Kippur and Erev Rosh Hashanah really comes from. It's about the tshuva thing, the idea of teshuva. It's not based on the tumakeri, 
It's really based on Teshuvah. That the person is, you know, cleansing themselves from the false values. So what does that have to do with the rainwater? No, so yeah, I just wanted to put that in context first. Right, yeah. So right. if you think about rainwater, whatever, it's not really ma'akev the rainwater because basically you're simulating a body of wa- a natural body of water in the mikveh. Whether it's deoraita, it could be that ma'im shuvim is okay. Maybe it's only derabanan the idea of rainwater. You're symbolizing a collected body of water, whether it's drawn or not. And as you said, all water ultimately comes from the same source. Anyway, it's not like you can make water. Um, so uh, at least not normal people can do that, right? So. Uh, so what's the idea? The idea is that you are returning to, you're cleansing yourself, right? You're returning to the foundation, to the fundamental. You're removing all of the things that had, a person was made, yashar. And then what happens is it becomes distorted. He becomes crooked. He, beca- he, he ends up in, 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 you know, he ends up internalizing all kinds of wrong ideas, wrong guys. Starts out uh, a tabula rasa. You know, he's able to uh, Hashem created a person to be able to, like it says in Kohelet, Hashem made a person straight, but they came up with Chishponot, many different calculations. You know? So the same thing. You're returning to the basis, ba- basics. You're returning to, to the beginning. Actually, the Chsefer Chinuch says that very nicely. He says, like, you're like a Tinoch Shenolad. You're like, you're reborn when you go under the Mikveh. But it's mental. It's not physical. Yeah. Right? It's a mental rebirth. It's cleansing yourself. What does it mean to clean? It means there's something super added on you. Right? You clean... Extern, extraneous stuff that's kicked onto you off. So you're trying to clean yourself off from these extraneous things that are kicked onto you. That's the main thing. So, what the, but in Halakha it talks about liquid water being uh, it, 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 it has to be. The question is whether that's the right or the Rabbana. The Rambam says it's te- technically it's really the Rabbana, the requirement of, uh, of not my truth So, but in the general outline, the purpose of Tumavatara is to keep a person's exposure to the Mikdash minimal, so they will appreciate the experience and will, will pack more of an effect, right? The problem is, that only explains the general. What about the details of all the categories? The Rambam saying in the Perusha Mishnah that there's, that there's some profound wisdom in the laws of Tumah Torah as they're set up, that even the Nevi'im didn't understand them, even the Chachamim, he quotes other Gemarot where they would say, uh, you know, the, the Chachamim. Even the, meaning the Chachamim, and even the Nevi'im were, were, you know, were quizzing the, the Kohanim on Tumah B'Tarah, right? And that he, he uh, and even the people in the times of the Nevi'im, meaning the people who were working with the Nevi'im, in the Navi, in the Navi, right? They didn't know answers to certain questions, or it's not clear if they knew or not. And even the highest level Chachamim struggled to understand and it was considered a loss of fundamentals of Torah not to know this. And it's more important than Sukkah, and more important than what's so important about it. That, that can't just be rule, arbitrary rules to keep you out of the Beit HaMikdash. That's what's so important. That, that why, why would you go to such effort to say that these laws are so profound and you need to know them by heart and you need to, you need to make sure that you don't treat them like any other subject. Why? If it just is arbitrary rules for keeping you out of the Beit HaMikdash. So the answer is and I mentioned it, I alluded to it the other day in, very, in passing, in general, that, <clears throat> that, the, that Tumah B'Torah, just like many things, I would say just like everything really in the Torah, it has multiple dimensions. But like when we talk about Kashrut, Kashrut has a general purpose, which is to self-control when it comes to eating, 
recognizing it that you know that there has to be a limit and a discipline when it comes to eating. Then there are specifics that the Torah instituted. What's the purpose of the specifics? The categories, the fact that the animals are categorized as tahor or tameh, also in the framework of kashrut, right? Then all of the particulars, the fact that shakita is used, which is something that also comes from the realm of the Beit HaMikdash. We've talked about that before a little bit. The idea is that kashrut is not just a negative, a pushing you, uh, you know, a, a, a diminishing of the control of the physical drives on your choices and on your personality, but it's also a way to, um, to integrate them with a higher purpose. Shechita, first of all, the idea of Tumah B'Tawah means reflecting on the categories of animals, and Shechita means taking that when we eat and when we drink, we're eating and drinking as an element of Avodat Hashem. We've talked about that before. So you see that kind of a thing. We talked about Nida the other day. There's limiting of sexuality, but there's also the idea that my marital relationship should be a component of my Avodat Hashem. So in Tumah B'Tawah, there's also two things. There's the negative. Stay out of the Beit HaMikdash as much as possible, so to speak. The Torah is trying to put a blockade. But when you reflect on the laws of Tumah Torah, it's actually an education and an understanding that leads a person to Ruach HaKodesh. That leads a person to Ruach HaKodesh, which we said is one of the purposes of the Beit HaMikdash. To lead a person to... So engaging in this whole realm of Tumah Torah is actually bringing a person closer. So it's not just a pulling him out of the Beit HaMikdash. It's a... Uh, or pushing him out of the Beit HaMikdash, it's a pulling him towards and a preparation for Beit HaMikdash. And we know that what is the thing that holds a person back from really achieving Ruach HaKodesh? It's lack of preparation. Not just in the negative, lack of positive preparation. Not having the groundwork and the framework to be able to understand, uh, uh, you know, to, to be able to have Yediyat Hashem. Okay? And that's really what the Tumah Torah is supposed to do. And as I had alluded the other day, it's a creating of a hierarchy of reality in the mind of the person. Meaning that we're classifying and organizing our perception of reality in terms of the divine framework. In terms of the divine framework. That there are inanimate things, there are animals, there are people. Okay, there are living things of various kinds, including human beings. And there's, an, there's a hierarchy to it. And... and the principle that runs throughout Tumavatara is the physical versus the conceptual. That's everything in Tumavatara in one in one dichotomy. Okay? What does that mean? That means that an animal that's alive, even if it's on its nida time, I don't know if they call it nida, whatever, on its time of the month, right? That animal will never be tame. A living animal will never be tame. Animal gave birth, it's not tame. Nothing the animal has tarat. I don't know if that's possible either. Animal not tamei. Okay? Animal, living animal can never be tamei. Not even a pig is tamei. Not, not tamei. You touch a live pig, you went to the zoo, petting zoo, you touch a live pig, you're not tamei. Dead pig, tamei. Dead cow, that what? Dead animals are always tamei. Right? Most. Yeah. Unless shrita, right. Ah, so you're already pushing to the next level. Right? In the realm of animals, biological function is perfectly... Na- that, that's the essence of the animal. So it has its nida time. That's what it's supposed to do. So it has shikhvat zera, whatever. It has tumat That's what it's supposed to do. Reproduce. The, the purpose of the animal, so to speak, its natural function is to live, eat, reproduce. That's, that's the whole purpose. It's living in accordance with its essence. That's, that's what it's supposed to be. Dead animal... Dead animal left its actual, it's no longer, that dead animal is no longer representative of the essence of animal. 
It's just organic matter that's now decomposing. We don't even call it an animal anymore. If you see an animal, it's said you call it a carcass or something like that. It's a nivela. Even the Gemara uses that. The Ral Bagesh uses that as an example. It says, it says that when you register for the Korban Pesach, you have to register on the set, on the goat or the sheep. Right? <coughs> what does that mean? It means it has to still be alive when you register. Because otherwise you wouldn't call it a set. You'll call it the basar. Something like that. So it changes its status. It becomes an uh, organic matter that is disintegrated. It's no longer a living being. And that's why it is Tamek. Now let's go to a person. What are the Avotah Tum'ah? Every one of the Avotah Tum'ah... Can you just rephrase... What was the, the one-line phrase that you said is the core of Tum'ah? Material versus conceptual. What does that mean? Meaning that when the animal... You can look at a dead animal and a live animal. Materially, they're exactly the same thing. Uh-huh. Right? But one has a life principle that's organizing it and that's animating it and that's driving it and the other one doesn't. So in a conceptual level, you see they're two totally different things, even if in a material level, they're the same. Now, when you have a human being, what are all the tumot of human beings who are alive? They all have to do with the biological... The re- reproductive uh, 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 system. So Keep Tarat on the side for one second because you're going to see that it's something else. Wait, 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 okay? Isn't that the same thing in that it's. Zav, Zava, Nida, Shikhvat Zera, Yoledet. Okay? Those are really the Avot Tatum'ah, essentially. Aside from dead animals. We're, we're not getting to Tarat yet. We're not getting to dead yet. Live, live humans. Hold on. But. Okay? That's not just live humans. That's live humans with the capacity to reproduce that don't. Meaning, it's the lack no, of life. No, but if you have marital relations and your wife gets pregnant, you're still tummy. And so is your wife. Oh, oh. And if she gives birth, she's also so very those, tummy. Those, those, those concepts are not... I don't believe in that whole thing about the... I don't think it has anything to do with... It all has to do with... It, has, it doesn't have to do... Any lack of life. It doesn't have to do with lack of life. In that, they all have to do with the reproductive system. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay? That's level one. That's the avotatuma. The simple avotatumah all relate to the reproductive system. Now that makes a lot of sense because that's the animal in you. The animal in you is the same animal in the cow, so to speak. Can you repeat the avotatumah again? What? Can you repeat them? Zav, zava, nida, yoledet, and shikhvatzera, which is for both a man and a woman. Right? So all of those Tum'ot relate to the reproductive function. When an animal does those things, no problem. Nobody's going to say they're tamay. When a person has one of those conditions, they become tamay. Why? Because the animal aspect in them is emergent, right? Is, is, is becoming the, uh, is pro- more prominent, is more prominent, okay? A katana or a katana that's living cannot have a tum'ot in that word? They could. I mean, potentially, they could be, uh, because it could touch them. I mean, oh, could they be an avatum? I guess not, because they don't have that that capacity yet. Right? So, so the point is that it's tied to this biological function that makes their animality more pronounced. Okay? Okay. What about the higher, the the, the most severe tumah? Avi avota tumah. Avi avota tumah is being dead. Being dead, I mean. The dead dead body. It doesn't affect the actual dead body. He's fine. Yeah, but the, the avi avotatum'ah is being dead. Why? Human being dead. Human being dead. Why? Because it's two steps removed. Not, he's not even an animal. 
Meaning, what is problematic about the reproductive function either functioning normally, like in Nidan and, and, and Shichvat Zera, which is a relatively short Tum'ah, or Zav, Zava, uh, Yoledet, which is more, even more dramatic. Why is, you know, that's the animality of the person. Okay? But so even, more, even more, even uh, more, uh, even more removed from humanness is being dead. See, an animal only went down one level, from animalness, which is its natural state, to death. Human being goes down two levels. From human to animal to dead. Okay? So because it's two levels removed from its essential, you know, from, from its uh, true nature, you could say, from reflecting its true nature, therefore it is avi avotatumah. And whatever it touches becomes an avatumah. It's more severe than a regular avatumah. You see what I'm saying? What about mitzvah? So Mitzvah is exceptional because what is actually Mitzvah? Mitzvah is one of the most severe Tum'ot, but you know why? Because it's being partially dead. What is the idea of Tzara'at? What does Aaron say about Miriam? Al-na tehi amit. Don't let her be like a dead person. And what happens in Mitzvah's house? Right? I mean, uh, the Tzara'at is something that, can, that, goes, uh, that has a very, transmits the Tum'ah much more severely, similar to... Tumat It's very similar to Tumat Tamit because it's a partial tumat, it's a partial death. Death, basically. So why don't you prescribe the lack of life theory? Huh? Why don't you prescribe the Because it doesn't because I don't think it's correct. But uh, even in that case it fits in. In that in that case it's true. Meaning deadness but, See, I don't think it's lack of life. The essence of it is potential of life. The essence of it is when you see that, that theory ends up breaking down along the way. The essence of it is what you see from the outline. What? Because Shikvatera, it's perfectly clear. So, so the the real the real common denominator of all those things is reproductive function, whether it's working or not. Okay, the real like Yoleta is bringing life. How could that be lack of life? And she's one of the most tamei uh, cases. Right? You have many examples. It's not about death. It's really about the essence of the creature being most clearly expressed. So when a person's reproductive function is operating, that's their animality expressing itself. Okay? That's what they have in common with the animal. When the animal expresses its animality, when the person does it, also sometimes. Right? But that's not the essence of who they are. That's not their humanity. So that's what makes them tamay. When you move it up a level that they're dead, or down a level, I guess, that they're dead, so it's removed two steps. They're not even an animal. They're actually organic matter. Decomposing. Nebelah. Right. Right? So that's the, that's the basic thing. So what does this show you? Like the Ralbag says, and I mentioned it before. The Ralbag says one of the essential purposes of the Torah is to show people that there is a hierarchy of being. That there's an order, an intelligible order. It's not just that we're a bunch of particles thrown together. A human has a certain essence has a certain being that makes them distinct from an animal. It's not just that their, their, their physical matter randomly fell together in a different way. There's a different principle organizing a human being. There's a different principle organizing an animal than organic matter. And so when the idea of that being a source of tum'ah is to cause the person to reflect on what a thing really is, what reality truly is. So to distance those things 
that are not representative of what the, what the true reality and hierarchy of being are. The, the cases, the except, meaning the particular items that are out of, out of their proper orbit, you could say, from the true organization and the true hierarchy that, uh, you know, that God designed. The design versus the individual, versus the individual cases that are not, no longer or not currently exemplifying that design. Okay. It says the purpose of Tumah and Tahara is to show the hierarchy. Yeah, the positive purpose. I mean, the, re- the way it brings you to Ruach HaKodesh is because it makes you reflect on what is a human being truly? Oh, why can't I go into the Beit HaMikdash? Because of my reproductive function, because that's not the essence of who I am. I'm essentially a human. Why can't I go into the Beit HaMikdash? Because I had contact with an animal, a dead animal. The dead animal is not an animal functioning in line with its design that was given to it by God because there's an actual design given to it by God and when that ends, it becomes, it decomposes into material and it becomes part of the, you know, becomes part of the soil and, you know, it functions in other ways but it's no longer an animal. So that sensitizes me to the fact that the world is organized, not, it's not just physical random particles moving around but there's actually a, there's a conceptual structure to reality, order to reality and that's why Shrita you mentioned, a dead animal that's slaughtered, that's an instrument of human life because I did shechita. So I utilize it. It's an instrument of my life. So therefore, I'm able to, uh, I, I view it as food. It's food of a human being. It's not a, it's not a dead animal. It's, we call it basar, not nevela. Okay? Kelim of a person can transmit tum'at to their food. Okay? Because again, human beings have kelim. They fashion kelim using their intelligence. Kelim are uniquely human. An animal might take a stick and knock a banana off of, uh, uh, off, of a, uh, uh, off of a tree, but it doesn't have kelim. Kelim are uniquely human. And the amazing thing about the halachot of kelim is, again, if a kli is slightly broken, you could, right, you could take the, uh, the broken kli, touch it to a dead body, put it on the dead body, it won't become tameh. Right? You're, it's on there. So how, how, does that, how could that be? Because it's not a clee. What do you mean it's not a clee? It just has a, it's just a little bit broken. A clee is a concept. Even, even if you can still use the clee as a... Okay, yeah, sometimes, yes. I'm, I'm not getting into the details. I'm saying the idea that a broken clee or an unfinished clee cannot be mekabel tum'ah shows you that we're trying to make a person realize things are... There's a concept. A clee is... It, it's not just physical. It's not just physical. It's a concept of clee that is mekabel tum'ah. Right? It's the concept of the functional kli, which is an instrument of human life, designed by human intelligence for the purpose of making human life more efficient or more enjoyable or whatever you want to say, uh, whatever you want to say, kili perform. Right? They used to have this, this line of, of, uh, uh, of uh, utensils called tools of the trade. I remember it was like one of the lines at one of the department stores, and it was just what trade? The trade of uh, eating. You know? But like the idea that they're tools of doing something. A person creates tools. So that's why kelim, understanding the abstract world of kelim is very, very difficult. It's one of the hardest mesechtot. But it's training you to think about things conceptually, not just physically, not just superficially. You really have to think of what is the essence of the thing? What is the function of the thing? What is its ultimate purpose in God's design or in human design? That's, which is what all of the halachot of Tumah revolve around, basically. And we're not getting into, obviously, the details of the Torah, why the Torah is different, to what is Torah Aduma, what is Torah Mitzvah. All of these you have to go and unpack the individual cases. I wanted you to get a general picture. This is how engaging in Tumah Torah study and being aware of it. And it, what pushes me out of the Mikdash? 
will make me reflect on the system of, of order that can bring me back into the Mikdash. Okay? This, and, and that's the, and it's not just a physical thing, but mentally, and that's what the Rambam shows you, it's a mental thing. It's an intellectual thing, because I don't just want to get back into the physical Mikdash, I want to get back to the Ruach HaKodesh, well, not, or get to it, maybe not back, reach it, to reach it. And that's through understanding these ideas. So Tumah Torah is very, very profound. It's extremely difficult, but that's why it's so difficult. Because it's, it's displaying before us the conceptual order of things. And when we start thinking conceptually and design-based reflection, instead of relating to things just in terms of their physical attributes, then we're operating on a level that brings us closer and closer to seeing really the divine plan and design in the ultimate sense and uh, coming I'm closer to the this, this is an outer shell. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm just giving you an outline. You want an outline. There's so much more to do, but let's let's stop here and, and digest that. Oh, no, you have a question? Yeah. I don't know when they're going to kick us out of here. We're going to do this Kish- to our Kineskum. Oh, you have a ton. Okay, so you want to leave it for another year, sure. The transmission of Tuma. Uh-huh. Transmitting Ohel. There's so many details. Yeah, if we go into the details, it'll be yichle azman vehem alo yichlu. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's a lot of details. But if the, the the approach is it's a it's guilt by association basically. It's distancing those things from the mikdash. The more severely they are material, their material versus conceptual balance is out of whack. The further the distancing has to be between that and mikdash which represents, or should represent, the true order. Okay? So a nevela is, so avotatum amika, rishon mikashini, it's a distancing of the original source. It's a derivative. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like in the beginning of the Sechet Bavakama, where it talks about avot and toledot. So there's two kinds of avot and toledot. And a toleda could just be an inference, where the inference and the, uh, the principle and the inference, like avot melacha and toledot, are the same, are equally melacha. Just that we derive one conceptually from the other, but they're equally melacha. In Tumah, that's not the case. In Tumah, a second, a, a sheni the Tumah is less, less potent of a Tumah, and that's why it can't be mitame as much. It's much more limited in its range because it's about association to the original source. It's a, it, it becomes more and more diffuse as you remove from it. On the other side of this bookshelf, was, uh, once you discover it, so now you're aware of it. If you never discover it, then what's, it doesn't become a question. It doesn't become a question. So, so if you're aware of it, just... Obviously, if it's never known. There's such a thing as tumata at home. Meaning, but, if, but, if, 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 this is there's dead yeah. body there, you don't know there's dead body there, and you're in the room, and then you leave and you go to the And you find out that it was there. And you go to the mitash, and you don't find out that That's the case of Bishop is there oh. Is there an issue with you being in the mitash? How are we ever going to know? If you, because is it strictly a, a conceptual thing, or is it also One of the, the that is still conceptual, because it's from a legal perspective, were you tame when you went in? So there two, there's korbanot that are brought. Is the tuma only if I know this? Because there are korbanot, really no, I'm telling you, and there are korbanot that are brought. Really, in order to be chayav, because you went into it, you had to know before and realize and forget and realize afterwards. That's halacha. If you never knew, meaning you never became aware of it, not before, not after. So that's what they say in the Gemara and Shavuot. Basically, the korbanot that are brought, the chataot that we talked about yesterday, I think it was, that are mechaper al tumat mikdash bekodeshav are to be mechaper on the fact that that probably happens all the time. But that just makes you aware of it. In other words, the point yeah, is especially if you're going to be by vigilant tumat, and aware. Tumat, right. So you how have you, to... How, how can you even keep track of you that? Have, you have to go to the Mikdash. Think about how difficult it is to go to the Mikdash. You would no, have it, to like... Not, would, not how difficult. At a certain point, it's impossible for you to know definitively your tahor. And Exactly. That's, it's on purpose. It's on purpose. Think about how a person will therefore have to be extremely vigilant 
extremely sensitive in order to be able to go into the Beit HaMikdash to begin with. First of all, you can't become Tamei from Shlishi B'Tumah Hashem. Any person can only become Tamei from Avatum. But like Kodashim can become Tamei from other things. You can really only, only have to worry about an Avatumah. Really, Halakha Lemaseh. Halakha Lemaseh. You really don't have to worry about Avatumah. What if something Right, so yeah, I mean, while it's alive, it can't become Tamei either. I mean, it's not really that bad, but definitely with foods, with if you're eating a korban at home, korban shlamim, you can't take a kli that's a, uh, that, that's you know a sheni letumah, even a sheni letumah. So it, 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 all the, the point is that you would have to be so sensitive to the ideas of tumah v'tawan, the whole constellation of halachot, in order to guys, in order to uh, be able to go into the Beit Hamikdash. But what does that teach you? Number one, it heightens your awareness of the system, which is part of what it's supposed to do. It it's a it deters you from like cavalierly going into the Beit Hamikdash, but even more important, what we've learned this whole time in Mikdash Vikodashab in this whole series, what is really the Mikdash Vikodashab supposed to do? It's supposed to bring a person to real Yidiyat Hashem. It's directing the person towards Yidiyat Hashem. So think about what it's telling you. It's telling you how many hachanot, how many preparations, how many tikkunim of the person, of their character, of their of their mind. How much knowledge, how much understanding, how much self-elevation and development is necessary before I can approach real uh, Yidiyat Hashem and the Kodesh HaKodeshim. That's really what it's all about, ultimately. Uh, the Tumah the, Betah. The, 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 what? No, no, it's not impossible, but the, the whole Tumah Betah is creating a metaphor, and the whole Mikdash is creating an incredibly powerful, divinely designed metaphor that every detail is incredible. The more you want to cover, the more you see that is to direct, to symbolically direct Adam towards knowledge of God that works simultaneously, because it's an amazing divine system, can simultaneously work and be logical on the purely human institutional level of coming before God, and can at the same time point to the metaphysical process of coming close to Yediyat Hashem and Nevoah at the same time. That's the incredible thing. Why do I need Yediyat Hashem? There's no higher thing. That's, that's, the, that's what the Kriyat Shema says. Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. Hashem is one. He's the only thing that's real. You want to have, you want, do you want to be real? Do, do, do you want to be connected to anything that's real? Look, if you want to live in a fantasy and just be a physical organism that expires, then that's your choice. But if you want to access what is truly real, every person, every person who has that Yidiyah, tells you that the ahava that they experience, the love and the passion that they experience in connecting to God, is, makes it better than anything else in the world. That's what all of the Chachamim say, all of the Nevi'im say, that's what Ahavat Hashem really is. That's why, that's why right after Hashem Echad is Ve'ahavta. When a person experiences that, they, and that's what the Rambam says, the whole metaphor of Shiva Shirim is about this love. When you have that love, or Aristotle, if you want to use secular source for a second, you know, like, like the, like the Barbanel did last night, Aristotle says, I noticed, or I think, no, we may have been Socrates. I've noticed that many people have left the life of pleasure for the life of philosophy, but nobody ever goes the other way. Meaning, once you get Acher. into the world, of, even he didn't. Acher could not get out of the life of thought. He could not stop learning, even when he had his theological problems. He kept learning. He couldn't get away from it. Because once you see the beauty and the, the richness of a life of seeking Yidiyat Hashem, even if you start to have questions that prevent you from fully committing to that and, and, you have, and you have skepticism about some of the fundamentals of it, you can't get yourself out of uh, the addiction to the pursuit of Yidiyat Hashem and the Avat Hashem comes to it. Okay, well, we should stop.
That's why Hashem Echad leads to Be'ahavta. Because once you have that unique experience, you start experiencing it. You guys don't have a good time doing this? I didn't want this to stop. Okay, so there you go. That's it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>